Hello everybody, welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series that we're doing called Do You Want to Get Well? Do You Want to Get Well? We're four weeks into this series and uh, uh, this series is based on an encounter that Jesus has with a man at the pool of Bethesda. Um, this man has been sick for a very long time there. Um, and we've, we've been looking at the, the, that his condition, um, the, the word that's used to describe his condition has some different meanings. And uh, I've said in effect that it, it, uh, it, whatever his condition was, he, he'd been this way for a long time. He was stuck in the way that he was. And Jesus comes and asks him this very important question. And it's really a life-changing question. Uh, it's, it's deep at very uh, many levels. And uh, the question that he asks him is the title of our series, Do You Want to Get Well? And, you know, it would seem like the obvious answer to that question is uh, absolutely. But it's deeper than that. Um, the, the question is, do you, do you really want to change? Will you step outside of what's familiar? Um, will you trust God? Will you have faith? Will you listen to Jesus? Or um, is it more of just sort of wanting what you want? And the battle is really played out in the choices that we make. Do we do the next right thing or do we do our own thing? One of those choices leads to real life, the other to a counterfeit life. And that's where the battle is played out. And, and uh, what we've been saying is that um, Jesus has come that we might have life, real life, abundant life in him. And the enemy wants to steal that life away. And, and that's what's going on in the process. And when we choose to get well, when we choose to do the next right thing, when we choose to do it God's way, there's a lot of things that come in to help us continue to make those decisions and to help us in that process. Because it's an ongoing process. This, this struggle is ongoing. And... and uh, uh, and it's part of our daily lives and we need to be aware of it. And so um, we talked last week about the very first big help that we have when we choose to get well, when we respond to Jesus' question, yes, um, is that Jesus helps us. And uh, that's, that's good news. And uh, he wants us to have life. And he understands us. We talked about that. He knows what it's like to be us. He came um, and lived among us. He gets what it is to have flesh, although he never sinned. Um, but he understands what it's like. And so he extends to us mercy and grace, the Bible says, all that we need, when we need it, in our time of need. He gives us everything that we need in the process. So he's there to help us on this journey. Um, today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how um, uh, another source, a tremendous source of help for us, and really uh, how we know what, what we're supposed to be doing, uh, right and wrong, is that we have the Bible, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. This is available to us, and I want to take a few moments to talk about the importance of this once again in our lives. Um, before we dig in, though, I had a few sort of um, Bible things that I thought I would share with you that I thought you might like since we're going to study uh, about the Bible today. Um, who was the smartest man in the Bible? Abraham. Because he knew a lot. Whew. They get worse. What kind of man was Boaz before he married? Ruthless. 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 He married Ruth. Last one. Aren't you happy? Who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Samson. He brought down the house. 
scripture reading. Thank you, Jesus. Why we need the word. (laughs) John 17, verses 14 through 17. I have given them your word. This is Jesus speaking. And the world has hated them. For they're not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Jesus prayed, not that we would be taken out of the world, but that we'd be protected from the evil one, and that we'd be sanctified or changed by the truth, and God's word is truth. So you need to see that that Jesus knows his life's a battle, and his answer for us is not that we just kind of get zapped out of it, although anybody ever feel like you wish that was kind of part of the deal? Um, I think that has to do too with that. I can remember, um, I'm going off script, uh, I can remember as a new Christian, um, and you know, um, don't get, the Christian life is cool, but when you're brand new as a Christian, and especially when you came out of what like I came out of, which was bad drug addiction and stuff, such a mess, and so dark, and just, you know, horrible. Um, when, you, when you step into the light so magnificently in Christ, and you, you tap into this life, uh, you, you know, it's just like, Yay, and then I remember in a Bible study, um, people were talking, I was a brand new Christian, uh, and they, somehow the conversation had moved into the book of Revelation, and they were talking about Jesus coming back. And I knew at one level it was a good thing, but I, was, I, I honestly was like, you know, I just kind of tapped into this whole new life. Could you wait a little while? <laughs> because I, I, this is, you know, so much better than what I was doing. I, I kind of, this would be great, because they were making it sound like he was coming back tomorrow. And... Uh, and then, and then, and you know, and then you sort of grow into it. And then, and then, you know, now tomorrow would be really cool. <laughs> Not that this isn't cool. It's just, it's just um, the understanding of what this is a foretaste of. Uh, and, and, you know, how much better it is than anything else we can experience here, but how much better is coming. But now the reality is that, that it's a, we have a, a missional life. We have a purpose. We, we have a, we're created for a reason. And, uh, and that's really cool to step into, and I love seeing what God does, and I, I love seeing um, and being a part of his plan and, and being involved in the kingdom. But, but uh, I'm looking forward to him coming back, too, and, and whatever comes next. So... Anyway, all cool stuff. But anyway, he did pre-prayed, not that we would be taken out, because I think at some point we'd be like, but uh, that we'd be protected from the evil one in this battle, and that we'd be changed, sanctified by the truth, and the truth is his word. So what that means to us is that we need to be making sure that we're getting our perspective um, from the word of God and not from the culture. And that we're to undergo a transformation in our minds that is made possible through the word of God. So point number one is this. We need to stop thinking the way that the world does. We need to stop thinking the way that the world does. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So... Um, what we have to be very much aware of is that there is a, um, a huge cultural influence in our lives, and it's constant, 
And it comes at us from every angle. Uh, it's, it comes at us in, in, uh, from every possible medium that, that you can imagine. And, and um, we are constantly bombarded with a cultural message that differs um, from the message um, that, that God has for us. They, they are in opposition in most cases. And, uh, and yet, because it's so prevalent, um, it, it begins to seem like it might be, uh, the cultural message might be better than the biblical message. And yet we're not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, whatever it is, at whatever point in time we're in, but we're to be changed by the renewing of our minds. So, so we have to um, be careful that we are not so inundated by the culture that um, we lose sight of what the truth is. And so this is an ongoing process because the, the reality is the, um, the cultural influence in our lives is huge and it's everywhere and it's constant. So um, pretty much wherever we go and whatever we do, we're being hit by the message of the culture. It's, it's, uh, it's on everything that we watch on television. It's all over everything that we listen to. If we're listening to the radios, if we pick up the newspaper, we hit it there. It's in our conversations with most people. Um, it's constant. A lot of it's fear-based because our, we, we live in a, uh, in, a, in a time when our culture is very fearful. Um, it's not the first time that's ever happened. It's been, that's been part of the history of the, the people's culture. It's different now. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, years ago, um, uh, when people w- would go to sleep at night, um, they, they were never really sure if they were going to wake up in the morning. Um, a lot of bad things happened at night hundreds of years ago. It's reflected in the prayers of the church. You can see their nighttime prayers are almost like, you know, oh, please, God, it's nighttime. <laughs> if you don't show up, we're not going to make it till morning because we don't know what's going to happen when we close our eyes. So there was that, that sort of fear. Um, we don't really have that anymore. But, but now we're bombarded with a constant sort of global fear, an economic fear, that everything's going to be taken away from us kind of fear. Um, and it's constant and ongoing and it's reflected in everything that's around us and uh and so we live in a very fearful culture which makes people the the reaction to that is that people isolate and and then they they kind of um relate in in a very sort of selfish way that it becomes all about them and how they're going to make it and how they're going to and then that reflects itself and even there the stuff they go after for pleasure and everything else is all has a very self-focus but that's not the dynamic of the kingdom so we need to be very cautious and aware of what's happening in our lives because we, we tend to be um, driven much by our culture. And so we need to be aware of the culture, but we can't be, um, it can't be what um, our mind um, goes by. So what we need to do, second thing, is we need to start thinking God's way. We need to start thinking God's way. Um, our mind is renewed by the word of God which is the sword of the Spirit. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So the word of God um, can help us understand what's coming at us from the culture and what is actually God's way of doing things. It separates those things. It it works uh, like a sword. It'll cut right into the heart of the matter. The Bible is very good about that. You may not always like what it says, especially if it's kind of telling you you, you shouldn't be doing something that you want to do, but it's true. 
And it has a way of getting it right to the heart of things. You know, the Bible will cut right to the, to the heart of things in a lot of areas in our lives. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we're put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. I like that. That was out of the message paraphrase. Through the word, we're put together and shaped for the tasks that God has for us. Shaped and put together by the word. So it's the word of God that prepares us to experience the full and abundant life that Jesus came to give us. So if you've been coming here for any length of time, you've heard me say this particular thing lots of times, but I'm saying it again. Point number three, we need to spend time in his word. You just have to. You have to. It has to be a part of your life. If you want to experience the real, full, abundant, now and forever life that Jesus wants you to have, you've got to spend time in his book. And what you have to ask yourself, and this is the, the, the real question, if you're not doing that, because even as I say, you know that you should. And I, listen, the last thing I want to do is, 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 um, is make anybody feel judged or go into a guilt thing, because that never works. Um, but the real question here is, if you're not spending time every day in his word, why not? It's the question all over again. Do you want to get well? Really? Okay, well, this is part of it. Why not? And, and not, again, I, I don't want anybody to feel um, jumped on. I, I just need you to consider why not. And, and let me say why. Because um, we've been talking about this. See, there's a battle going on. I've told you there's a battle that's taking place. Jesus wants you to have life. The enemy doesn't. He wants to take it away from you. He wants to distract you. And, and I said he goes about like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion. Jesus is a roaring lion. The enemy tries to be a counterfeit. He's, he's, he's basically toothless, and he tries to trick you all the time. That's what his thing is. He's a, he's a trickster. And, and, and so what you have to ask yourself in this question, if you're not spending time in the Word of God, is it possible, just possible, that the enemy might be throwing in some sort of deceit in your life that keeps you from spending time in the word which is stealing away the real, now and abundant life that Jesus has for you. See, that's how you have to look at it. It's a battle. It's a battle. Ongoing. And the enemy, um, and I don't like even talking about it much, but I, I, I just have to make clear the battle. The enemy wants to keep you from life and what he wants to do, he doesn't want you reading this book and he doesn't want you praying. Because he, he can nullify your existence, in effect, by getting you out of those two arenas. And so he definitely doesn't want you in this book. Because um, he likes to spin it. Just what he tried to do with Jesus, twist it. And, and he can't twist it on you if you know it. But if you sort of know it but don't really know it, then it, it oh, that sounds right. When it's not right. And so... I just think this is one of those questions because um, we, we talk about it a lot. If it's not part of your daily life, why not? And is it possible that it's, it's because he's, he, you're just, there's a deception there that's keeping you from it? And, and uh, the, the reality is it's keeping you from experiencing the life that you can really 
experience. And, and, and so we end up with a life that's less than it could be, and we're not even aware of it because we're, we're not catching the tricks all along, and we're being distracted into other things. And there's so many things now that compete for our attention in this life. I mean, you think about all of the advances we have, how many things compete for your attention constantly in life. And, and so, you know, for example, um, have you ever sat down to check your email? And all of a sudden you realize that what should have taken five minutes has led you down bunny trails that took hours out of your life. Something in your email caused you to Google something, which took you down two or three more searches to see if it was true or not. And then you opened up the Facebook to see if there was any new pictures of the grandkids because you were kind of over there because something else had popped up. And all of a sudden now you're following another thread over there on something. And then you're back and there's a headline that pops up because there's always headlines. And there's now some breaking story or scandal. And, and uh, you, you look at that for a little bit. And then, you know, you're kind of stressed. So you figure a quick game of Sudoku is going to help you out there. And then all of a sudden you're in an online tournament. And the next thing you know this huge, massive chunk of time uh, that you didn't think you had has just been ripped away from you and yet you had it for that because you did it. And see, unfortunately, um, these are the things that happen. Because people tell me, oftentimes when we have this discussion, I just don't have time to read the Bible. And, and I, 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 I got to tell you, you absolutely do have time. It's just a matter of what you're going to take it from. Um, and And... You know, my suggestions are generally that we spend a lot of time in, in uh, things that we think are like relaxing for us or calling us, but they're just stealing time away from us, and, and that at some level, um, it's a trick. So, and I, I don't mean all that stuff's bad. I just mean it's, it, it, it's bad if it's keeping you from life and from spending any time in this book. Now, um, the psalmist says this, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in the season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Psalmist also said this in Psalm 119, 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. So the psalmist tells us that, that you know, life is found here in the book. And, and if you believe that, and you should, because Jesus said the same thing as we started. You know, change them by, your, by, your, by the truth. The word is truth. Um, You've got to spend time in the book. So what I need you to do is spend time in this book every day. You know, if, if, if in my ministry all I was ever to do was to get people reading this book and praying a little bit, I win. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Everything else he takes care of. And yet it's a constant battle. And we, we've all got these. If you don't have one of these, let me know. I'll get you one. We live in a country where they're readily available. And then, you know, I'm online, I mean, I have 57 in my iPad. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy. I go, ooh, look at that. And then I, I literally have shelves fulls of personal Bibles. And I like them when they're brand new, especially. <sighs> but if, if, if that's all I'm getting out of it, I'm missing the point, right? So you've got to read this book every day. 
And you've got to start somewhere. You know, so many things, um, so many things where we, people get messed up is that they, they'll hear what I'm saying right now and it will click because it's true. You need to. And then all of a sudden, you'll try and make up for lost time and you'll start trying to do like, oh, I, I need to be in there for, uh, you know, an hour to start with or a half an hour to start with. And most people cannot do that. This, this is like um, um, exercising. Uh, if, if you decide you're going to exercise, and some of, I know some of you have done this, and you hit it that first day really hard, and you're all in, and then the next day you can't move, you never do it again, right? It's another year before you go back to it, because you, you, you just overdid it. Bible reading is the same way. If you, if you, most, most people will not just be able to jump in at that level. So if you're not reading the Bible right now at all, and it's okay, there's no guilt, Five minutes. Start with five minutes a day. I, I wrote two devotional books last year. This year. This year. Um, this year? Yes, this year. <laughs> I got them printed this year. One was on the Psalms and one was on the Proverbs. And both of them take five minutes a day. Five minutes. And, and I, we're going we're gonna to re- revisit a, a very practical series in this series in a few weeks about reading. So, but in the meantime, if you're not doing anything, look, just read a proverb a day. That would be such a great start. And, and there's 31 proverbs. Um, whatever the day is, read that proverb that day, that chapter of proverbs. Five minutes. It doesn't even take five. It takes a minute and a half. But call it five minutes. Start with that. And do it every day. Just do it every day. And watch how God will speak to you in those words. And then it'll grow from there. It will, I, I, at some point, it catches on like anything else. And then you add another five minutes. And you may add another five minutes. And you'd be amazed how much Bible you can read in 15 minutes a day. You'll be shocked. 15 minutes a day, um, you, you literally can read through the entire Bible every year. All the Old Testament, the New Testament twice. The, the Psalms 12 times a year and the Proverbs 24 times a year, 15 minutes a day. And you don't have to read that fast. If you just get busy and do it, it'll just start to click for you. But you can't start there. Start with a proverb a day. Don't get overwhelmed by what I just said. That takes a while. But, but you can get there. And it changes things. It changes you. It changes your mindset. The, the fear of the culture has a lot a tougher time settling on you. The enemy has trouble deceiving you. It's hard to distract you with the things that would take your time away. And then once you've got this settled, then, then you take time and you do the other stuff. And anyway, if, if nothing else, dig in and, and let's make this a part. It's a, it's a tremendous tool that we have. It's a weapon. It's a, it's a force um, that allows us to experience life. And it's part of the question, do you want to get well? And if you do, then, then you'll take some time every day and read this book, okay? I don't care how busy you are, what else is going on. Read the book. Start with five minutes. All right? That's it. That's my encouragement in that. We're going to pick up from there next week. If you're watching on television by video, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And, uh, and uh, I'm glad that you took the time to do that. And uh, now add five minutes of Bible study in and you're good. And, uh, and we're here. Come and visit us whenever you can. And uh, thank you very much.